My family and I live on campus at, uh, at a place called Worldview Center for Intercultural Studies. And uh, we're a part of what we would describe as a discipleship community uh, that does lots of things together. So this is intentional for the purpose of uh, preparing future missionaries for the work that uh, God will lead them in the future throughout the world. And so we pray together each day, uh, we worship together, uh, we talk, we play. Uh, there are times of fun, there are times of, to challenge each other, and we share meals together five days a week. Now, we're so generous, we even share gastro with each other, and even the flu. Now, this year we have uh, 28 children uh, on, on site, from toddlers through to possibly pre-teens or, or teenagers, almost. So, a sound that you'll often hear is kids running around um, the campus, the site, uh, playing all sorts of games. So it's not unusual to hear screams. Now, um, first, uh, you have to listen carefully uh, to see if uh, the screams are of delight or screams of pain. Now, if it's the first, then you carry on working. Now, if it's the second, then the next step is to decide whether the, 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 you think the scream belongs to your child, and if it doesn't, you keep on working. <laughs> now, on this particular day, though, uh, it all sounded a bit different. Something had happened, and uh, different kids were running around calling out for help. I was working in my office when my daughter, six years old, Ivy, came to, to, to me running, saying that her friend, Amaya, had fallen off the trampoline. So my wife is one of two nurses, Christy is one of two nurses on, on site, so Amaya somehow managed to make her way to our house um, looking for help. Now by the time I got there, the ambulance um, had been called and Christy had, had left to try and direct the paramedics um, onto our site just so they knew where to go on our property. So I walked inside and found Amaya's uh, mum sitting really close to her, holding her arm and as still as possible, whispering calmly. And this is what I walked into, and this is what I saw. Now, I was tempted to, to ask Ben if I could please put this on the big screen, just to make sure you can see how not normal that looks. And if you're a bit, you know, going to throw, I can't look at that anymore. I'm sorry about that. But I just really want to highlight the fact that this was not normal, Okay. And the fact that the skin had not broken, it was completely intact, but obviously the bones um, were definitely broken. I offered Maya a drink. Um, I sat down. I tried not to throw up. The ambulance wasn't too far away, so I tried to make small talk and keep her mind occupied. I didn't know what to do, really. Now, do you know the one thing I didn't do? I didn't pray. It's not that I didn't have faith, it's just that I didn't think to have faith. So I missed an opportunity to grow in my faith by offering to pray for her arm. My voice is going high. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thanks. So I walked away from this experience um, dissatisfied with my response. But in this particular situation, I had a second reason 
to be disappointed. And it's because I missed the opportunity to show Amaya what faith looks like. I'm going high again. <laughs> What's with this? <laughs> Crying was not on my notes. <clears throat> now, Amaya is eight years old and she has three siblings and her mum and dad are going to go as missionaries next year to Southeast Asia. So what a great opportunity it would have been for me to pray for her to see what Jesus would do. So let me ask you the same question. Have you ever felt disappointed in your, in your daily life when you should have said something, you should have done something, you should have introduced Jesus in a particular situation? I certainly didn't, which leads me to think that there has to be a better way to live in faith. There has to be a better way. So then this leads me to the next question, and that is the question of why. Why grow stronger in faith? Why, why work on this title? What's this all about? So for one, I want to live my faith with a faith that is reliable. I don't want it to be a faith that cracks under the, the weight of difficulty. I want to be stronger in faith so that next time I'm facing a situation where faith is required, then I will be able to act the way Jesus would want me to act. In other words, it would be as if Jesus was in the room. Not me in the room, Jesus in the room with this broken, broken arm. So what would be the point of talking about a brand of faith that seeks to make me a priority? That's cheap Christianity. This is the sort of faith you can buy in the bookshop with self-help books. The faith I want to engage with is the faith that places Jesus at the center, not me. It's Jesus' name, not my name. But man, this is hard. My sinful desire invites me to have just enough faith so that I can still control the situation that I find myself in. For me, this was called an ambulance. It was called paramedics. It was called a hospital. It was called a doctor. It was called a plaster cast that would eventually bring Amaya's arm back to normal. So how about you? Are you content with your level of faith? Or do you want it to grow stronger? It doesn't seem enough to simply know God. Um, he wants more from this relationship, and we know we could be paying more attention to this. I know we do. We could be paying more attention. So what if I told you that, if, that God cares so much about our relationship, that our faith in him, that he's willing to put it um, to work? What would you say to that? He wants us to depend fully on him and this is going to require some pain because he wants to refine our faith that's a theological phrase the process of being refined transformed moving from one place to another in terms of uh, my spiritual being my my humanness and I want it to last the distance so if that sounds painful then I agree with you it is and so we come to this question of, of how. How do I go about this? How do I go about making my faith stronger? And the first one is simply by hearing the truth. 
Romans 10 says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Something we talk about often here at Door of Hope is 20 minutes in the chair. It's a catchy phrase, something to remind us that we need to spend time with our Lord every day. This is a rhythm that fosters daily connection with God by sitting down and reading a portion of Scripture, reflecting on it, and then responding to God in prayer. And this coming week, the emphasis is on Romans, coincidentally. And uh, Romans 10, where this verse is found, is um, uh, later on in the week. The second one, how do we become stronger in faith? The second thing is we become stronger in faith by obeying Jesus. This sounds rather obvious, but I want to highlight the fact that just because you have faith doesn't automatically mean that you are obeying. Just because you believe in Jesus doesn't mean that you are obeying him. So if you're hearing what the good news is about regarding Christ, then the next step would be to obey his teaching. It's a natural progression. You hear, you respond. And this, however, doesn't translate into our daily lives, and we run the risk of sometimes minimizing the news of the gospel to its bare essentials. When life is busy, just give me, give me it. What is it? What is the good news? And we boil it down to one thing, the fact that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Thanks, I'll be on my way again. This is described by some as the gospel of sin management. And Dallas Willard is quite blunt about the implications of our trust in Jesus. He says, the idea that you can trust Christ and not intend to obey him is an illusion generated by the prevalence of an unbelieving Christian culture. In fact, you can, more trust Jesus, you can no more trust Jesus and not intend to obey him than you can trust your doctor and your auto mechanic and not intend to follow their advice. If you don't intend to follow their advice, you simply don't trust them, period. Now, this is, this is a man, this is someone speaking out of, out of his wisdom, um, but let me highlight perhaps what Jesus said about obedience, and there's lots of references, but the one I want to highlight is John 15. Now, this is a, a popular uh, description of Jesus when he describes himself as the vine, and we are his branches. And in the midst of that, he says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So the key here is fruit. Your obedience to Jesus bears fruit, and it involves his greatest commandment. In the whole passage, it ends with just these three words, love one another. Thirdly, we become strong in faith by doing. The command to love each other is not a philosophical ideal, it's, what, it's um, God's request, and uh, James was serious about this, and he said, do not me merely listen to, listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. So what good is it, he goes on to say in the next chapter, um, uh, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds. And then he finishes by saying, show me your faith 
um, without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds, by what I do. So following on from um, Steve's cue last Sunday, I appreciated the vulnerability with which he finished um, and, and shared the, the implications of his role here at Door of Hope, and I shared that earlier with him today, how I appreciate it. So following from Steve's cue, I want to briefly mention with openness the fact that God's been speaking to me about faith in anticipation of today. And so I was so convinced that my other ideas were better that I spent hours pouring into a message that eventually fell apart. In fact, when I was talking to Christy about my ideas, um, I discovered that really I'd prepared like a five-week series on, on just faith. And I realized that to cram that into 30 minutes would be, would be um, absolutely terrible. But it fell apart. I even got sick during the week with gastro. I mentioned that we have a loving community. We had a, we had a party, kids' party on Saturday, and every person that came to that party got sick, including me and, um, and some of our family. So I was laying there just completely helpless, thinking, I need to be preparing for this message. My ideas are awesome. <laughs> Where's the bucket? No. Can I have a tissue, please? Oh, thanks. He's going to mute. I have faith in Ben. Am I allowed to say that um, I even ran my ideas past a few trusted friends, older, wiser friends, and although they liked what I was going to share, they had no reason not to, the, 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 the theology was, was okay, God would inevitably bring me back to what he first spoke to me about. So hear me out. I had an idea a long time ago, knowing that I was speaking today. Not an idea. It was God speaking. And when I thought, ah, oh, yeah. And then I got so distracted that this week it all fell apart. And um, really, um, it's not a sexy message. Am I allowed to say that word? And what I mean by sexy is that I don't have great quotes. Um, I, I, I don't have music references anymore. It's all out the window. I even had pop culture images, just to make it memorable at least. But guess what? It's not going to be memorable because it's not about you remembering uh, what I spoke about. It's, it's about us obeying what Jesus is saying. It's a message for Door of Hope because I think God is speaking. Really, um, God has been speaking to us and specifically about strength since Father's Day. And every Sunday so far, there's been a, th- a thread that we, can aff- that we can't afford to ignore. And it's in our weakness, it's not that God makes us strong, it's that in our weakness, He is strong. You know the difference? My voice is going higher. I sound like a singer of Coldplay or something. There's my music reference. Thanks, Wayne. There you go. Tick. Move on. So when we're, when we're talking about becoming stronger in faith, the most important point I believe that he is reminding us of this today is this. We become stronger in faith through suffering. That's it. That's all I've got. The other three were just 
almost an intro, all to say this, and you've heard those previous three before, but I want us to focus on this one. We become stronger in faith through suffering. Now, the stories of men and women in the Bible who were strong in faith, and there's lots of them, were those who endured pain and suffering. Very rarely is there a positive story of someone who was strong in faith by something that they did that was just wonderful. Most of the time, the stories are of people that wrestled with God, wrestled with a situation, and they um, almost on the, the edge of death, if you like, and uh, in some cases, and were able to say and were able to stand in God we trust. God is strong. And um, I'd love to read Hebrews chapter 11 in particular because that's a great summary of Old Testament in particular, all these main characters that the writer of Hebrews highlights in relation to faith. So what then can we say about suffering in the context of faith? Well, for that, I'll turn to James, who said, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Now, this, doesn't, this verse doesn't say, if you face trials. You know this, right? It says, whenever you face them. So pain and suffering are unavoidable in our broken world, so James doesn't encourage us to avoid um, it at all costs. He invites us to consider God's perspective. Here's my one quote that I wanted to throw in. Tolkien, the, the, the writer of Lord of the Rings, said, Faithless is he that says farewell when the road darkens. Faithless is he who just quits when he's had enough, she's had enough. It doesn't surprise us that faith is like a muscle. The way you make it stronger is not to rest it. Ask a person that's been in bed in hospital for three months. They're not the strongest person. The muscles are completely deteriorated almost, and it requires time to build strength. The way we build muscle is we stress it. We take it to its limits. And so counterintuitively, pain and suffering don't ruin our faith. These elements aren't an indication of my lack of faith. Pain and suffering doesn't mean that you have more faith than I do. They act in the opposite way. They make it stronger by taking us past our limits. And who should we expect to find when we can't bear the pain anymore or it feels like we're going to be crushed by our suffering. Who's there at the end? Jesus, the master sufferer. Suffering is one of God's attributes. We don't often think about this, I don't think. Suffering is one of God's attributes, along with being a loving God, a merciful and gracious God, an almighty and powerful God. He is a suffering God. He is a self-giving God. He gave of himself so that I could live and in return wants me to live a life worthy of the love that he first showed me. Cheap Christianity is the faith that glosses over this, over the reality that experiencing pain and suffering is real. Not only is, is that it's real, but it's also that it's necessary. So the greatest sufferer, let's, let's go back to the Bible, the greatest sufferer 
um, is probably Job. And um, it's a, an incredible book that has some incredible theology, particularly about the idea of suffering. Now, prophets seemed also to, to suffer a fair bit, and uh, my favorite at the moment is Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah was described as the weeping prophet, and um, he suffered his ministry 50 years. He saw his precious city, if you like, uh, uh, being taken into captivity uh, in the end. But let's jump to the New Testament. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament even made it a point to tell others about it. He wasn't content with just wearing suffering, experiencing it. He made it a point to learn from it and actually tell some, somebody else about it. And so in Corinthians, uh, the Corinthian church, he wrote, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about your, the troubles we experience in, in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired all li of, of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. What we learn here from Paul is that suffering is not just that I be, so that I become strong. Um, he realized that it had to involve others. So we could say this. So I mentioned before that we become stronger in faith through suffering. Let me extend this further and say we become stronger in faith through suffering for the benefit of others. That's the connection with Jesus' story. It wasn't, Jesus didn't die on a cross just so that God would glorify him. That was one part of it. Jesus died on the cross for the benefit of the world. Suffering is connected to others. And so here's my challenge. Some of you here this morning are still relying more on yourselves than you are on God. You shudder to think about pain whatever this looks like, and I don't need to describe what pain looks like to you or what it feels like, and you manage pretty well to avoid it. Um, in cultural studies, um, it's known that generally Australians, as a, as a community, as a nation, don't like to suffer. We don't handle suffering and pain very well. So if this is you, then it's time to reconsider the meaning of your faith particularly in light of the fact that your faith may not be glorifying God as it ought to. Some of you need to hear this today. 1 Peter says, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even, through, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, in glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. God seeks to glorify himself, and he wants to do that through you. He wants to do that through me. He wants to do that through Door of Hope. What a privilege to be able to use my life in order to bring him the glory that he deserves. But how will my life glorify and bring him praise and honor if my faith is fluffy? 
What if one minute I have faith, but the next I don't even acknowledge him in the room? More importantly, what would the world say about Christianity if Christians lived the same way everybody else lived? Relying more on what we can expect, on what we can control, than on the things that we can't see. What would the world say about Christians if they didn't look any different? I want my faith to be genuine. I want my faith to last the distance. I invite God to put this faith into action by making it strong. And yes, that involves pain and suffering. Now, you might be thinking at this point, well, I have all my family. I'm cancer-free. Uh, we, don't, we don't really um, have any illnesses to speak about. Uh, my jobs are secure. I have a regular income. I have security for the future in terms of a mortgage or um, uh, job security. Uh, my future looks bright. And that's your reality. I don't experience pain the way others experience pain. If that's you then the question might be, how, do I, how does this idea of suffering fit with me? My answer to that comment would simply be to say that you need to make your faith the benefit of somebody else's struggle, especially those that are experiencing tough times. In other words, let their suffering be your opportunity to strengthen their faith. In, um, in Emmaus' pain, I failed to speak um, faith about Jesus who is able to heal. That's my story. I missed my opportunity to, to let Jesus be in the room. But by God's grace, Emmaus not only recovered fully, but uh, when I was talking to her mum about um, her permission to share this photo of her arm, um, I wasn't probing for a quote or looking for, for a fancy statement or anything like that. She offered the information, which I didn't realize would eventually come out today. She told me that Amaya's attitude changed once she broke her arm. And um, it changed for the better. She was um, she's eight years old, as I said, and she was a little bit afraid, a bit unsure, especially at the prospect of moving to another country. And... Um, Things changed as a result of her harm breaking. And she, guess what she said? She grew in confidence. This is last week's message. And I want to read into her words a bit and probably suggest that she grew stronger. And perhaps God met her in the hospital. I haven't talked to her about it. But boy, am I glad about this. God's grace came through. And despite my weakness... Despite my vulnerability and my lack of being able to see faith, and God still used it for His glory. So I want to pray for three groups of people. Maybe you fit into one of these three. Firstly, I want to pray for you if, if you are relying more on yourself lately. The second group uh, would be for those that want to grow stronger in your faith. You know what this is all about, but you just want to grow even more in Christ. And then the third prayer I, I simply offer with humility from someone who I'm healthy. I don't necessarily am struggling with 
um, uh, physical uh, things at the moment or emotional things or, or um, um, mental things, but I want to pray. I want all of us to pray for those who are suffering. So would you like to stand with me as I finish uh, with prayer? <clears throat> Lord, I want to thank you that um, your word still manages to, to, to come forward um, in our Sunday services. I want to thank you that you got my attention during the week and um, uh, with a sense of vulnerability, I, I accept that I thought my idea was better than yours and yet you still managed to get your message through. And for that, I'll give you glory. And what's the message for us today, Lord, as a Door of Hope community? The message is that we need to accept that we will suffer and we will um, endure pain. And in that, we rejoice, like James said. We celebrate you through this time because it means that our faith will last the distance. And Lord, I, there are some people here today who I know have relied more on their skills, their employment, their security, their family, their health, their body. And yet it's time today to refocus on who you are. And so, Lord, I pray for their hearts right now, that you would speak to them through your Holy Spirit and that they would be able to grab hold of faith and live each day as if you were there with them in the room. And there's another group of people we, that, that are here that just simply want to grow in, in faith. They want to become stronger in faith. We've been at this for a while, and maybe things are starting to level out a little bit. But Lord, I pray that um, you would invite them to challenge, that you would invite them to uh, an unshakable reliability on, on Jesus, on this name that is above every name. And that though uh, diff things may happen, that they would be able to grow as a result of this. And finally, Lord, uh, I think of those who are suffering right now, who are in pain, physical pain, emotional pain, mental pain. Lord, I pray that uh, you would take special care of them. Jesus, as we read your Gospels, you spent a lot of time with the suffering. You spent a lot of time with the poor. You spent a lot of time with those that just were crushed under the weight of what they were experiencing. And so, Lord, we believe in faith for them in the promises that you speak, and that is that you will be by their side and that you will bring them through and that you would be glorified through them. So may your name be praised. And, Lord, as a, a whole community, we stand here before you and uh, like we sang before, may my soul bless the Lord. It's uh, not a song to you. It's almost a song about me convincing myself that you need to be glorified. Wake up, soul. Wake up, Dorofo. Bless the Lord with everything that we have. Despite our pain, despite our suffering, may his name be glorified. Bless the Lord. Bless you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.